Hi, you are listening to High Value Women, brought to you by the New Feminist Magazine. We are your hosts, Ellie Massiera Fielding. It's a ghost of Christmas yet to come, Adam Sarsfield Rawlings. <laughs> and we are here with an uh, extra special guest who happens to be back. I'm back, baby. It's Daisy. I'm round. <laughs> the prodigal guest. The prodigal guest. I just keep on coming back. Before we get into it, though, let's let's go through our Femi facts or thoughts or whatever we've got. Daisy, okay. you're our guest. Do you want to kick us off? Uh, yeah, okay. That would be that would be nice. Um, I can't speak Irish, which is an important uh, part of this fact, but I will spell it out for you. Um, there is a in Ireland on the sixth of January, they celebrate a they celebrate something called Women's Christmas which is the day when they celebrate women who worked really hard during the holiday period. Um, and I was like, oh, that sounds nice. It's called something like Nolag Nabam, but please don't come for me, Irish people. <laughs> I can't speak. I, I don't know. You could have got that right. I don't know. I could have got I that right. Was... And everyone's like, you were right, Daisy. But I am worried. It was the struggle that <laughs> cracked me up. Struggle. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I, but with this, it kind of comes with a Femi thought because I'm like, why do you need a day to celebrate women who worked really hard during Christmas when you could just help women during Christmas? <laughs> yeah. Like, you could just not make you, the woman in your life do all the jobs. Good point. That feels lazy. So, you wrote, to you wrote a really good article about that, Ellie. Oh, thank um, you. Oh my I, god, do you remember? remember like, maybe a couple of years ago. And I remember reading it and you were like, why do we always make women do all of the tasks at Christmas? And I was like, yeah, why do we? So now I'm just really lazy at Christmas. <laughs> my As you should be. As you should be, Queen. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. So I was just thinking about that and I was like, stop celebrating women's Christmas and just help women in your life at Christmas. Preach. Yeah, I think that's fine. Adam, you go. Um, so mine is that do we all know the song rocking around the christmas tree yeah so that's just gone to number one for the first time in the u.s um what do you mean just it it never went to number one and it's just gone to number one for the first time making brenda lee the singer be the oldest person in billboard chart history to get a number one, and I'm just trying to find out how old she is now. But no way! Say, but also, I can't believe it's been that. I can't believe that it's never been number one before. No, me neither. She was born in 1944. She is 78. Um, okay. Good for you, Brenda. Aww, good. For I you. still personally prefer Mariah, but to anything else at Christmas. But you know what? It's a classic. It's a bop. I'm surprised. I'm just what? surprised Brenda's she's not been there before. Getting her flowers, like, come yeah. on, man. You guys were so on theme with yours. Mine is not, but never mind. <laughs> so, um, in the early 20th century, there was a group of women known as the Harvard Computers, um, and they were instrumental in developing a system to classify the stars. Um, and it's a system that. Uh, we still use today so basically um they're often known as like the women who mapped the universe but people don't really know about them so i think that's pretty cool, oh, that's cool. So cool. 
we are having a little festive episode because Daisy wrote the most wonderful article about um one about Hallmark movies um and just there was a lot in there which was super <laughs> valid and very funny um and also she ranked all the men in love actually which was just a genius move um which will be out by the time this podcast is out so definitely I love on this podcast because you just call me funny it's so good for my ego you are <laughs> honestly you're yeah. writing oh my God, especially yes. my so mom read your piece yesterday a, and she loved it if i'm having a low self-esteem moment i'll be like hey guys do you want me to come on the pod <laughs> <laughs> do you need a guest <laughs> you know ellie is probably just glad to have someone else that's not me on here oh <laughs> What, do no. you, what could you possibly mean? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this isn't the game. This is not in within the season. We're not starting beef. <laughs> so on the back, actually, yeah, let's not start beef. You know, I'm a good Hindu girl. I can't handle that. Um, on the back of Daisy's wonderful articles, though, we're going to be diving into three classic Christmas films. We'll look at um, Elf, Love Actually, and The Holiday. We're also going to have a little conversation about diversity in Christmas films. Spoiler alert, there isn't any. And at the end, we got a very exciting game of basically it's smash or pass, but we're going to do re-gift or unwrap. Um, <laughs> we are basically looking at, to start us off, we're looking at three like classic Chris- Christmas movies. I mean, these are all pretty much the nation and the world's favourite. Um, and we're going to be ruining them for you. <laughs> by basically. Doing a little feminist analysis of each. Because often <laughs> we get swept up in the magic of Christmas. Um, and I feel like I did with each of these films. And then when I rewatched them, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, it's the most <laughs> patriarchal time uh, of, of the, the year. Right, anyway, should we start with Elf. Should we? Should we? Should yeah. Just... So, Elf. Initial opinions. Let's let's launch in. I have too many opinions on every single one of these, so I feel like I'm just gonna like silence myself and then just chime in. <laughs> so, Elf is actually like probably my family's my favorite Christmas was actually, but my family's is probably Elf. Like we watch it every single year. Oh, um, nice. and Elf is cute. But I'm not going to lie, Ellie gave us some notes. I was reading them on the phone <laughs> to my sister, actually. And I was like, homegirl, okay, she came in with some points. So a thing that really jumped out at me is, like, Zoe Deschanel's character. I could not even remember her name. Uh, uh, Joan. I'll be honest, Jovi. I didn't even realise it was Zoe Deschanel. She wore, she had a blonde wig and that threw me. That was enough for me to be like, I don't know who this woman is. Well, That's so be, true. To be fair to you, she wasn't her usual like bubbly self. Like no, the character a, she plays. And I'm so... like a die, I'm a diehard new girl fan. Oh, so I was like, I was like, how did I not realize? I was like, that's just day. But in my head, I was like, she's blonde, so it's not. And she's like this. Okay, so here's the thing with this character, right? Obviously, we know this movie is not about her. It's about mm. Elf <laughs> um, and, you know, Christmas or whatever. Um, but I think there's a, there's, you can like m- at least give side characters a little bit of personality because she but just also, has. She's important zero. to the story. I mean, not like, really. I oh, mean, well, she, she does sing and and give give everybody their like festive. But you had such a point though, because I mean, she's really you think about it. What actually anchors him to like grow up and like be a real person is probably the fact that he's like, oh damn, I'm like I'm finna tap that. 
And <laughs> and you are so right. Lovely. We only know that she can sing but never does it. And that she hates the job, which I mean Yeah, that's all we know about her. We don't know all, why. But, but also either. literally everybody in the English speaking world can relate to that for a start. It's like that doesn't make you unique or special. And no. we don't know like you said in your notes, like we don't get any backstory. We don't know why she is the way she is. And yeah. I was thought that would that's so interesting to me because Christmas films typically want to like have emotional moments in them because you know it's a time where everyone's feeling comfortable and maybe a little bit more vulnerable with the families and stuff. And I thought it was so weird just from like a storytelling perspective. We don't actually ever get the background of it. And that would honestly for Buddy, the elf's character arc. If he realized, oh shit, actually the human world is a cruel place and this is what like happens to people who've been through it. Because we obviously we don't know what happened to her to make her that way. She may have just been born that way, just be a bit of a grump in general. We don't know anything but, about her. But that's the thing, we don't know. And that could have then been a I really important like, emotional apex for him. I guess it's not really about her though, as much as like the movie is called Elf. So it's about the the elf. Yeah, but that's like... true, but we know we know more about like the son, his dad. Like, yeah, um, we even know more about his manager, to be honest. We know that he's like shit scared of corporate. We know that he, like, we mm. actually know more about like the m- minor, like male characters than we do. Like, you we know, know what, literally actually, nothing about her. We know more about the guy that he gets drunk with in the copy room. We fully because do. Like, we do. We know that he went to prison. We know that he's working there now. We know, like, we know that he drinks alcohol at work, so possibly alcoholic. You know, we have a lot more context clues about him than who I would argue is possibly the secondary character of the film. Exactly. And I, I, I yeah, I would argue that as well. And I, I said in my notes, without these details about her, even if they're just, we're not asking for much, just a little bit. Without these details, she just comes across as a sad, lonely woman who needs this overgrown man child to warm up her icy heart because that's basically what's going on. I guess the, yeah. I think the primary issue is this sort of perpetuating the woman having to teach a man yeah a man that's what i was thinking be a human like and i get obviously you know he's an inf- but he's infantilized and i think that that you know and a man who is infantilized is still quite threatening and it's like you know if i was her and someone was creeping on me in the shower and then yeah, can we talk about that yeah and and yes. that's how I, that that man, immediately i'd be focused that's the me cute like there would be no re- <laughs> Like you would not be having any. I'd be like, this man watched me shower, and now I would be like, my friend, and is acting like a child. I'd be like, please, can the police remove him from? Sis, I would be emailing HR so fast. But it's not even HR. I'm like, that is illegal. Yeah, (laughs) and he's like, I didn't know you were naked, and I'm like, bitch, you know what a shower is? You showered at the beginning of the movie in the North Pole. You know you've got to be naked. A human man who's still. I assume showers, and then he's just super stinky. We see him shower. Shower. <laughs> he knows we see him shower. in the shower. He's not that dumb. So yeah, oh, I just, I just look. I think, I think the movie. I'm. I, just disclaimer with all of these movies. I, I actually really like all these movies. I watch them like yeah, every I Christmas. But that, and I think you can watch it and get swept away with the narrative and feel all festive and get the. What, what did you call it in your article, Daisy? The. Uh, the like happiness circuit or something. Oh yeah, yeah, the happiness circuit. Yeah, yeah. No, that's the idea that yeah, your brain physically produces serotonin when we look at Christmas things. Exactly. So like we which, can, it, we which can... makes a lot of sense. For yeah, me. yeah, definitely. <laughs> so we can like 
understand that and like appreciate that and and love it every Christmas. But I think we can analyze films and like sort of separate them. We yeah, don't hate of course them. we I can. Think, I think it's and it's also a movie of its time. Like you know, it wasn't made this. Year. If it was made this year, it'd have a lot different. Uh, a lot of people would pan it. I think in a way that's different too. Mm, but then again, I would say Will, Far- Will Ferrell movies are quite timeless, actually. Like, the way he plays stuff is quite but timeless. also, I don't think it's like an in- an overtly misogynistic film at all. No, no, I no, think no, no. that I think that, you know, it's... Um, like, I agree with you, Daisy. Like, it is largely a timeless film. And I think the thing that Christmas films get away with a lot that maybe other films don't is because there's this overarching theme of Christmas that well, it doesn't go out of style because, like, you know, it happens every year. It's a festival. It's a celebration. It's a part of our culture. It's not like... I'm trying to think of a, a different example. Um, okay, really different, but there's a film called Changing Places which has Eddie Murphy in it, and it's from, like, either the 80s or the 90s. And basically, the premise is Eddie Murphy is a black man. Um, is like down on his look he's like you know from the wrong side of the track sort of vibes and he is basically it's like a my fair lady but made really racist and bad and they take the people who run this company that this other white guy works at they basically swap him out for eddie murphy they give him everything he needs it's like a whole thing um and that film i watched with my parents actually last christmas because they watched it when they were younger and they really liked it and they still found it funny but me and my sister watched it and like this is appallingly racist like it's disgusting like we i actually was disgusted by the film and films like that because it's not in it's not woven into something that happens every year you know we don't watch it all the time like we watch elf or love actually the holiday the differences are more stark and shocking whereas with a film like elf or love actually where we watch them every year and something the about something that happens every year we don't connect them in the same way I think that's a really like smart observation, actually. And oh, thank God, I thought I was rambling. No, 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 no. no, no, no. That, I think you, that, that made a lot, makes sense. a lot of sense. But also, I think as well, there's a sort of element of yeah, you kind of need to, you know, this isn't real because like Santa is a character in it. Yeah, like, you take it everything like, with Santa, a pinch of salt because you're well, like, it's Christmas. You know, hopefully, there aren't young people who have just ruined that surprise bout. But like, <laughs> you do have to kind of believe in Santa. To believe in, like, in to watch this elf movie, you're gonna kind of have to be like, okay, well, Santa's real in this universe, and so wait, he's not. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> God damn it! I'm sorry. If there are any kids listening to this, go away. Where's your mum? <laughs> <laughs> Don't stop listening to this. <laughs> not um, for children. No, but you know, it, it it's you know inherently unrealistic. So yeah. you kind of have to. You kind of have to take, you, you're not going to fully be like, wow, I've not got enough backstory of this female character, but also Santa's real. Like, yeah, you know, no, like that's, that's that's the narwhal that's like, bye. Like, <laughs> like there's, there's elements of it that you have to be like, okay, well, yeah, it's not. That's true. I actually wrote something on that, right? I said, when I was like summarizing it, I basically was saying, like, I understand that this is not a realistic movie. But I think that even the most unrealistic movies or the most creative and imaginative ones give at least a little bit of like motivation to characters or agency. Or mm. I mean, like her, her storyline is she's a miserable worker. That's all we know. She can sing, but doesn't. Um, she He asks her out for food. And for some reason, she forgets that she doesn't like him and is like, sure. And then like, 
laughs at the like his like shenanigans but like doesn't say a word on the day aside from this is a crappy cup of coffee um and then apparently falls in love with him enough to kiss him go through the snow at the end of the movie to find him and then relocate to the north pole and have his baby so you know what actually i'm just thinking he's come from the north pole he doesn't I know that he's like technically at like the department store, but he doesn't actually officially have a job. Sis paid for every damn thing on that day. He has no money. <laughs> I love this how man that's has no it. money. I was just thinking, like, actually, Look, we've all been there, Adam. We've all been there. Because you no, know, in my head, I was gonna say, like, you know, what? I've also been out with people that I don't really like for a free meal. But I was like, but wait a minute, it wouldn't have been a free meal. She'd have paid for it. Yeah, well, you know what the realty is, though. I'm always just like, well, I didn't bring mine either. So what are we gonna do? <laughs> Guess we're gonna make a run for it. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna dine and dash. Let's go. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I feel like my brain doesn't sit there and go, "Oh, this they treat women badly," because I don't think, you know, if it was a movie that's making a point about women's rights then I would, I think we would be like, okay, well, they've done this badly. But I think because it's a Christmas mm-hmm. movie about an elf or a man who thinks he's an elf and no Santa, I'm kind of like, okay, well, I don't mind that there's not like a hot feminist take in this. Like, I don't need there to be a hot feminist no, take. No. I don't I even I think need, there's a, like... There's something to be said about movies that are like so beloved and they're always movies about um, like an estranged father and son you know, realizing that they do actually love each other, like that is very popular. But then, you there know, the female equivalent of like those that. movies are often seen as like not as good. You know, like everyone's like, "Oh, I don't really get Lady Bird or something," and it's like, well, it's just the same thing as a like father and son bonding movie. It's just a woman's one. Mm. Like that would be the only thing I'd say on it. But then again, it's like it's a very lukewarm take to be like fathers and sons can get on. You yeah. know what though? Shout out to Lady Bird. That's a fucking great film. Yeah, yeah. Really I is. have to bring up Greta Gerwig at least once every conversation. You know, it's in my th- contract. Valid. I think my like gripe with this is that she she just has like z- zero agency. I don't want a feminist message or anything. She just has like zero personality agency. Like she is, I she's eye candy with like hints of complexity like oh why is she miserable oh why does she not like to sing because we don't even know that she, why she doesn't like to sing um mm-hmm. and I just would like it, it to be explored just a, a little bit just like with the male guy I yeah. think that was one scene they could have I, I just I don't know it, why they would hire someone like Zoe Deschanel as well who has such like a sort of high energy character mm. and such a sort of you know she's such a sort of friendly and engaging nature that was actually it would be a lot more suited to a role like Buddy if that was mm. a and it's it feels like almost like she had to play herself down and yeah, it, she that's so seemed true. like she cared yeah. much about it and I'm like well if you're gonna hire someone for that role don't hire Zoe Deschanel for that well role. they stripped away the the personality they, kind of, they took away what makes her her like yeah that's so true kind of seen she's a very like we kind of love it that she's so like twee and cheesy like that's what we love about her and mm. they kind of I, took away so much of that I didn't even realize it was her. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. So I think I think yeah. that it's you know take it for it. It's a Christmas movie. You can't we can't take it too seriously. But I'm just saying, like, if it was written by a woman, um, I think the we film at least would have, know why she's the way she is. Yeah, the film would have been probably you know, like 
if we're sticking to the same plot, the film would have been the same. It's just we would have it would have been written by women. So the women would be real people, not just like o- objects that, yeah, you know, help the we, main plot. Because we talked about um, Zoe Deschanel like almost exclusively, but you also in your notes, Ellie, you talked about how um, Walter's wife, um, Walter is the name of Buddy's dad for those who haven't seen the film. If you haven't seen the film, watch it because it is a good film, you know. Mm. Um, but, um, Oh, what's the actress's name? Mary Steenberger. Yeah, Mary Steenberger. Um, you talked about how basically she also has like no character. She's just like big gruntled mother. That's it. Yeah, she's just like, oh dear, we have to look after this new child. Oh no, maple syrup on your spaghetti. What am I gonna do? Like it's just like not not there's not yeah, really I feel like no, there normal, either. No normal person would have that kind of reaction yeah there would be a discussion i'd be like sorry what you have a child that's what i'm that's what i mean that's what i mean there's just the women aren't realistic years old and he thinks he's an elf like like yeah okay we should probably get him some like help right exactly i'd be like i'd be like sorry what you want to bring this man into my house where my child is exactly yes it's okay we can visit him at the asylum we don't need to bring him here (laughs) if you changed it like to just horror movie music it would be a very different (laughs) (laughs) he's the dad is a big dum-dum like let's be honest Uh, he he that's so corporate world can we idiot men in charge I know, right? Like, he's so bad at his job. Who sends a book off to get published with two blank pages? What are you doing, I do have to say. Welcome to working world. (laughs) So when I was talking to my sister about this, literally just before, she was like, yeah, but also, like, is the point not just that, like, he's so miserable and depressed that he doesn't care? Oh, that's a good point. Maybe. But I mean, also... fun of him. (laughs) He's also shit at his (laughs) job. His depression... But he's also neglecting his family, so yeah, not that bad for him. Uh, should we should we round it off with like a little ranking, but not in like how ha- uh, how we'd rank a film that we're watching for Christmas, like a Christmas film, a feminist ranking in the eyes of a feminist out of ten. What would you give Elf? What's our metric though? Like, are we doing baubles or what? <laughs> I don't, numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Out of, um, ten. out of ten. Out of ten being, <laughs> 10 being it's written by bell hooks, zero being it's written by Andrew Tate. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm drinking a glass of pork, guys, and it's like, I don't really drink much, so the it's actually hit me a little bit. Out of ten of bubbles. <laughs> I am going to give Elf a healthy five out of ten because I'm give I think a four. fair enough. I'm gonna give Good. it a five on the basis that I think that what we said is valid, but I also feel like it's like it's not as egregious as like other films have been. So I'm kind of like it. It feels like a safe middle for me at the moment. I might change. I'm gonna give it a four as well. A three and a half. Ooh. Ooh. But I also I don't don't really like Will Ferrell that much. Um, yeah, me neither. And I, I love just him I'm, in 
just Eurovision, the, the story of that's Fire that's Fire. a good film actually. That, to be that, fair, that redeemed his entire career for me. That <laughs> <laughs> movie that nobody talks about. Uh, actually, I talk about it all the time. So. I love that film. Actually, also Strange Than Fiction with him is a really good film. I've not seen it. You'd like it, I think. It's actually like in the chick flicky kind of universe. Okay. Mm, I don't think Will Ferrell should be Okay. <laughs> I felt that as well, but just watch it and trust me. Okay, I do trust you, so I will. Right, moving on. Let's do the holiday. Going from one man that's depressed and overworked to a woman who is depressed and overworked. Oh my word, I love the holiday so much. So like, do I watch it every year. I, I watch it I just watched four it four or five times a year, genuinely. I love it's it's what I have a I don't I don't know if I've said it before on the podcast but I have a rom-com database I'm a rom-com addict which may be a little bit like weird as a feminist I love that but I have literally every single rom-com ever created from 1912 I think was the first silent film um and I rank them all I've still got a few to get through because that's like just so you'll know as well (laughs) how we did Shakira for my birthday for Ellie's birthday next year, we're doing rom-coms, so 100%. get ready. 100%. I'm so excited for that. Anyway, um, and this is, and it's hard for me to be like 10 out of 10, but this is a 10 out of 10 rom-com for me. Oh, easy. But Period. Saying that, I am about to rip it to shreds. Like my notes. Oh, trust. Well, you know, I had some opinions on the holiday. I oh, go on, to... share. Please share. Well, Obviously, I think me and Ellie have a, a geographical draw to this movie, seeing as we live very close to where it was filmed. I saw it when it was being filmed. It was the I, I it was the first time we moved to Surrey. Like I'd just come from Spain, lived in London for a little bit, and then we were checking out Surrey. We went to Sheer, and it was the height of summer, and there was snow everywhere and Christmas trees, and we were like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> and then we found I, I made, out that that I was made... the holiday. Anyway, anyway um, but yeah, no, my opinion on this was mainly about the men in this. Mm-hmm. Are we having the foreplay discussion now or are we saving it? Oh, are we di- are we diving straight in? Daisy, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to have the foreplay discussion. Oh, okay, <laughs> we're having the foreplay discussion. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, there's a part in the film where um, Jude Law says to Cameron Diaz, what are your thoughts on foreplay? Does he say that? Something like yeah, that? he said... He's he says, Oh yeah, he says something like, Oh, foreplay, and then she goes, Oh, it's overrated. Overrated. And he says, I think I'm in love, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Girl, who's sorry. been eating you out? That's the question. Like, what how no wonder she's so upset because she's so also, unsatisfied. Just, it's just it's just unrealistic. No this woman, might be a bit graphic. No woman in but... the world has ever said that. No. My rule is if you ain't licking it, you ain't sticking it. <laughs> But three each today. <laughs> no truer words have ever been spoken. Literally, put that on a t-shirt and sell it. Is foreplay a feminist issue? Discuss. Yeah. I, I you think can tell it I've is. had some alcohol. I no, I think it is though, because it is. Um, like clearly, as shown in the holiday, men just want to stick it in because they don't really care about our pleasure. And it's yeah, it, also, honestly, it's the same with tops. Like they don't realize that like we need to be warmed up. But they make it out like in the movie they've been going at it for ages. But you know, in reality, that was like two minutes. Yeah. 
like you that's <laughs> another sign of something being written by men is like talking oh, about absolutely. like long sex it's like that's I'm like <laughs> okay who and, and she's just like she's just like oh you know it's not serious it's just sex and I'm like what is really let's be real <laughs> I don't know I just since I since I rewatched it like as an adult I was like oh man Jude Law's really gone down in my estimation like he's hot but he's been he's hot enough that he gets away with that kind of behavior speaking of of Jude Law being a menace in this film right first of all Cameron Diaz gives major like pick me vibes when she's like it's overrated like, no it's not who yeah. hurt you Second you know what, all, they're actually really well suited because they I find them both really annoying as characters. <laughs> yeah, I definitely prefer the Iris storyline. I anyway. will literally yeah, skip through too. their bits sometimes just to be like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> He says the line, and I quote, I tend to hurt women by simply being myself. Likes, like, red flag, red flag, red flag. Red. Like, it's not even a red flag, it's just like, sorry. Sorry. Who- sorry. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. That man is so much. So, he just is so full of himself. If someone said that to me, I'd be like, "Oh, shut up!" Like, you're lying. Also, he's just openly admitting to being a menace. Shit. Like he's, he's like, just like, oh, "I'm going to treat you badly." Yeah. FYI. And then she's like, "Hmm." Yeah. Like, and that works her. for her. But he's like, "By the way, I'm a massive wanker." <laughs> and she's, and like, she's like, "Me cool. too." <laughs> <laughs> but I think I actually do sympathize with her character, right? Because at the beginning of the film, there's a major, major, major flaw that I fixated on for quite some time in my notes, right? Because she gets <clears throat> called like emotionless by her cheating limp dick boyfriend. Yeah. And um <laughs> I just I hate this because She's he's like, well, you know, what's even wrong with you? You can't cry. You're like, the only kind woman of... who's ever been broken up with and not cried. Not cried. I'm and like, that if... woman checked out ages ago. <laughs> First of all, we know that he's saying that to deflect because he's cheated on her. Um, but what's the worst part about that is that it works because she fixates on that throughout the entire movie. And I think that's what makes her in your eyes, Daisy, like annoying because she's so fixated on it. And I think that produces that. I know this was unintentional. It was written by a man. Was it written by a man? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could tell even just, I don't even just look it up. I was like, yeah, this was written by a man. Yeah. That, just the, <laughs> the foreplay comment alone. But yeah, um, no, I'm, I'm like, no, no woman wrote that script. I know no it's trust. unintentional, but it it, it kind of makes sense why she's giving off like the pick me girl behavior because this this man somehow managed to really affect her by calling her emotionless, which is ridiculous because men don't like don't cry and that's normal, but women have to be like soft and feminine and but the they thing have is to be it's weak like and cry with it's it's a lose lose situation because women get told they're too emotional as well. Uh, well, it's I like mean that's the point. Though, emotion is well, you're damned you're doing, you don't, you don't. But if you Literally. if you if you're not emotional, then there's something wrong with you. As as per the the comment is that mm. you know what sort of woman doesn't doesn't cry after this like, uh, which is crazy because many. <laughs> like, also, like also like why would she cry? Like he's a bad person. I, would, I know. I'd be like, it's not even hard in my life anymore. Like I know. I, I'm I'm not gonna lie. Like I've not really talked about the holiday much. Like outside of this conversation. Here's the real tea. Like, so everyone buckle up. 
<laughs> Homegirl is in charge of her own life. She has a nice house. She's, yes. you know, she's running shit. I'm sorry, bitch ain't got the time to cry over a man like that. Like, let's keep it 100% real. If a man cheats on me and expects me to cry about it, so you're getting laughed in the face. Laughed in the face. I am not crying for things that do not serve me anymore. And neither is she. She was just like, okay, you're not that hot and you cheated on me because you thought that some girl from down the way could do it like I can do it. So goodbye. And also, can we talk about how she brought up when she was about to bump her leaves with Mr. Law? She was like, Oh, um, a guy in the past said that I wasn't good in bed. That man was lying. I'm sorry, but a man gets to put his dangalang inside a woman. He's won the damn lottery. No man has ever said that a woman is bad in bed. I'm sorry, but that's just not true. Wow, those 30 seconds were the best of my life. Thank you so much. You you do look at her and you're like, okay, yeah, she's got an amazing house. She runs her own company. It seems like, you know, she can fly first class just... You know, she can just fly first class on a whim. So she's probably dropped like a thousand pounds on those plane tickets alone. Yeah. And she she's clearly got herself together. And it's like this man being like, oh, you're bad and bad. You don't cry. It's like he's so desperate to be on her level that he's mm. like, I'm trying to drag, just drag her down in any way possible. L- let's talk about that because I did I did note that down. You is did. That- and and I and I hate how this is so like brushed past. Um, I wanted to linger on it just for a little bit more because it's a real problem for women in power, or like you know, boss ladies. Is that the the, the problem they encounter when getting into relationships is that the men feel so like emasculated and insecure that their women that that the women that they're with is doing so well and are so powerful. And, mm, and what it. I hate about that the situation being represented in the holiday is that it's kind of left right. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's kind of left as like open to interpretation. Like it's not concrete that this guy is the problem because he he raises the point of her being emotionless and then she fixates fixates it on fixates on it the whole time. Yeah. And that's like kind of her whole like plot line after that. And I feel like it is a little bit like, oh well, you know. It, maybe it wasn't because he cheated. Maybe it was because like it kind of leaves it a little bit too open for me. Like, no, I get to be what a you bit mean. More, like, I, close I agree. He's an asshole. Yeah, he's but, just he's yeah. just threatened by her, and he doesn't like having the not having the upper hand in a relationship. Which yeah. I'm sorry, but just a note to any guy that like I mean, I doubt any men will listen to this. If they are, hello. <laughs> um, but if you're really emasculated by the fact that you are with a woman who either makes more than you or leads a lifestyle that you aspire to that you can't have. First of all, don't get bitter, get better. And second of all, emasculation. Oh, we're still doing emasculation in 2023, nearly 2024. Literally, go on eBay and buy a fucking grip. Like, (laughs) I'm sorry, but it's the most, and I don't want to like put down because I understand that a lot of this comes from toxic masculinity and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. I get that it's not as simple as, oh, men are just bad, men bad, women good. Mm. But you have a responsibility to acknowledge that toxic masculinity has harmed you and impacted your self-image. And a woman doing well is not the problem of that. It's not the fault of that. The fault mm. is that you're in a patriarchal culture that hurts you too. Pick the pieces up of your own tattered masculinity and your tattered ego, put them together and stop gaslighting women and making them the problem when mm. you do not have self-confidence. Because the thing is, men expect us, oh, and I'm saying oh, us as like... <laughs> <laughs> Men expect us as women, femme presenting people, non binary people, whatever. 
as the femmes of the relationship. They expect us to, in this day and age, earn, be an earner, be contributing to the household, which, yes, we are doing that. We fought for that right. But then they also expect us to remain in the 1950s and be submissive and pliable and complacent and don't upstage them. Don't be the breadwinner. I'm sorry, but if I'm earning more money than you, best believe I'm going to continue doing that and you better shut up and fucking like it. Ooh. Ooh. It pisses exactly. me off so much. And that guy is not even hot. I'm sorry, but he literally looks like an AI-generated white man. <laughs> That's what <we're> <laughs> kind of does. Do you know what, though, guys? We haven't actually like said like the main problem at, like with this film. Like The premise of this film is that even though these women are pretty successful, I mean, obviously Iris isn't as successful, but it's hard to get a job at hey, a newspaper. She is like, my we... dream job. She's a journalist in London. Like, that's literally what I want to do. She's a wedding columnist, but still, like, it's She's really still a journalist. No, no, trust, trust. No, fully. That's why I'm like, they're both successful women, but they're miserable because they're single. And like, I wish they could, they can be miserable for things that have happened. Like, their individual situations, they can be miserable miserable about that she's been cheated on that sucks and he, you know poor iris is absolutely captivated by the toxic, toxic gaslit. <laughs> so like fair enough to be upset about those individual situations but that's not how it's like painted i feel like if that. it was made today then there wouldn't be the jack black connection i feel like if it was made today i mm. mean maybe jude laura and cameron diaz are still like you know not having foreplay but um I think that maybe Iris's story wouldn't have a romantic end and it would be more about self-love. Because I have to say, as someone who has been through a shitty relationship or two in my day, I watched, because I watched this literally over the weekend, and looking at Iris's story, like, Jack Black is very, like, backbench, in my opinion, to her story. Mm. Obviously, he's there, he's relevant, you know, and he also has, like, goes through shit with someone. But... I watched, I was like, I can really relate to this because I also had a period of time where I had to make a bit of a plunge and get my mojo back. And big up Iris for that. Like, you know, homegirl, like, she ate that. I, I still, I think that there are elements of it where it's painted as like, they're single so they can't be happy. But I think every rom-com has mm. that element, which is kind of yeah. the upsetting thing. And that's why I was like, it's confusing to some people that I'm a feminist and I love rom-coms. I don't necessarily upset that she's single. Like, I mean, obviously there's that bit where she like writes out, I'm Iris, I'm single, you know, which is quite funny. But then I don't think it's necessary. She's sad about being single. I think she's just sad about the way she's been treated by one guy. Yeah. So what um, I've put in mm. my notes, um, Iris's journey is way more empowering, like uh, mm. compared to like, I I think it's way more empowering because when she, yeah. when she, first of all, she makes the very healthy decision to be like, I need to cut ties with this toxic man and leave. Correct. Are already different from Diaz's like you know thing her reasoning um and she um creates a space for herself in LA where she does things that she enjoys and uh, you know Jack her and Jack Black's like romance is a bit more of a slow burn compared because she is actually focusing on, her, yeah. on herself and people do say that they think at, based on what you were saying, Adam, as well, this made me think of uh, an article I read about it where they said that they thought it was rushed, their romance at the end, and they could have done yeah, without with more of a like, oh, did they, would, you know, will they, won't they? Did they, so, don't they, yeah. Yeah, and I and I kind of, I I guess kind they, of agree I with that. I guess they have that sort of classic Christmas, like, I'm going to be back by New Year's Eve, like, I'm going to be back in England by then. But, like, all he actually really asked was, you know, 
do you want to go on a date do you want to go for a drink on christmas eve yeah it's not like it wasn't a big deal but then she's like i'll be back in england and then he was like i could come back too and like he knows his mate's already there so yeah 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 yeah. for me it didn't feel unrealistic or rushed but i guess i just i love that couple they're like one of my favorite romantic couples in movies no same i i i love their relationship and yeah fully uh, fully I, agree I will with watch you. that like with a big grin on my face like oh they're so cute they're just it's <laughs> and just, do you know what I will die on the hill that like I will defend them to my dying days they are my favorite couple I don't know why I think it's just the it's just the fact they've put someone like Jack Black who's normally a very comedy character yeah they've kind of let him be a romantic you know part like he's a rom- he's a romantic lead in this one I just love that Kate Winslet is so sort of yeah she's like working on herself and that makes her open to Jack Black and she's kind of broken away from the shackles of Jasper I just think there's like so much good in that and it it, it just comes from an empowering yourself sort of changing things up like meeting you know we don't know what happens after he will go back to America she'll stay in England but you know yeah, I, I, I sort of disagreed say. with the article that's that said that it was was rushed a bit, but I I understood what they meant though. I think maybe it's just because I like like you, Daisy. I'm a fan. Like I really like. <laughs> yeah, the I, mean, I love this film. <laughs> I I do have some choice things to say about Jack Black's character. I'm, I swear I'm not trying to start a fight. But Adam, what were what? you going to say? <laughs> what? Um, I just want to see Ellie start a fight now. You go ahead, Esty. <laughs> no, no, because. Again, like let me clarify, I love this film, especially this relationship. But we are looking, we are attacking this. Like we're go- we're coming from yeah. a feminist angle and we're we're pointing things out that people may maybe didn't Period. see. Um and we're we're looking at it from like a realistic lens. So take away the like magic of the film and like in these sort of like I think the reason I love rom-coms and a lot of us women love rom-coms is because there isn't like the threat of patriarchy in there. It feels like a magical world where men aren't scary. <laughs> like, yeah. And I love yeah. that. So, And that's the real fantasy, bestie. Yeah, trust. And looking at this from a more realistic lens, Matt, Matt, who the fuck is Matt? Matt. <laughs> I'm not drinking. It's just... <laughs> Matt Jack. <laughs> Matt Jack is... um. He he's not perfect, right? Because so his character Miles, I don't think he's the most like emotionally mature character. No. I think that he's a healthy alternative for Iris, which is what we may be blinded by momentarily. But what makes me think that is two reasons. One, when he is like opening up to her, pouring out his heart and soul, and she listens, she comforts him, and then. Iris turns around, talks a bit about her struggle and gives one of the greatest rom-com speeches I have ever heard. Um, yeah. Like along the same lines as like Emma Thompson, which we'll get to. Um, and he just doesn't say anything. <laughs> like he says nothing. And that then part. in the restaurant, um, he fucking leaves her with the bill to go, yeah. to go run to his cheating ex. And like, that's kind of not on, is it? So I think there are some there's no I never see like one part of their bit where he like like even Arthur the old man like tries to show her how amazing she is like you're an amazing woman like you can do so much I don't get that same vibe from from Miles which I think is 
just because he's a better alternative to the first one doesn't mean he is the best alternative. But again, I'm looking at it from a very cynical, like feminist lens. I, I, I do see, I do see where you're coming from, and I think the bit where he leaves her is really, you're like, Dude. that that just feels really bad. And I've then, been like, no, 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 no. You pay first, then they're gone. <laughs> I guess also, but you think about it as well. It's like, like he he is running off to go and end it with like to put an end to it with his ex so that he can pursue something with Iris. Well, I don't and think it, that's head, clear though. In a lot of straight men's heads though, he's like, no, I'm doing a big romantic gesture, but they'll often they'll often mess it up. Mm. Okay, so, so um, with peace men. and love, with peace and love, I don't think that was clear. Mm. Um I think from my interpretation of watching the film, he has the realization that he's breaking it off when he is there. As opposed to, I don't think he went with the intention yeah, of true. like breaking Maybe things off. Yeah. Um. So I think that you might be fighting a little bit too hard for Mister Jack Black, which you know, Daisy's, what? in Daisy's all fairness, in a relationship with him in her head. Oh, again, yeah, no, I, I can't. I, just in you know, that's movie. so fair. That is so fair. She's defending like, her man. <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> like, by all means, go off. But like, yeah, I'm a bit like. Mm, bit skeptical on that detail i do actually say though i was gonna say earlier when before i encouraged ali to poke the bear um (laughs) i do enjoy that we have a romantic lead in a like a film like this who isn't also i don't want to sound like rude when i say this but like isn't also like conventionally attractive Mm. yes yeah because i have to say the older i get the less i'm into jude law especially because of the no foreplay um, but more into someone like Jack Black because I feel like that's more realistic to like the kind of partner that I would want to have. And mm-hmm. so you gotta give I mean, we're gonna talk about representation and how there isn't any. That might be why I that might be why I defend him so much because I feel like that's it feels real like it feels realistic. Yeah. And like, I yeah. and again I do agree with you. Like, I'm a huge like this is one of my favorite movies and I absolutely adore Maybe that I'm just like he's just my type. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like he's sexy anyway (laughs) But you know I love that Shall we move on to Wait we need a rating rating. Oh okay Oh shit Oh but for feminism Yeah 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 In the eyes Daisy is struggling (laughs) I would give it I'd say I'll give it a six Only because Of Iris's Sort of finding herself plotline Yeah I was going to go 6.5 Very similar because of that Yeah because I think it's like it's not like with Elf where they're like, we do have women in this movie. Whereas it's like, you know, they are the main characters. You know, they, it doesn't pass the Bechdel test, but it does. Um, and I think Iris's plot is actually, yeah, it is very empowering and, and very, um, like, you can really empathise and, like, a lot of us have been in situations like that. So we really, and her, her the way she acts it all out is very, like... And also, like, the fact that she, like, backslides when Jasper sends his manuscript over it's very real i'm like that's very real yeah yeah okay so i was gonna actually go for a two (gasps) on the basis that i feel like i didn't see that coming (laughs) i feel like elf was it kind of ignores women which is not great but i feel like there's things in the holiday which actively is like this isn't great but you have changed my perspective a little bit because of the irish storyline so I'm going to say Iris' storyline, I'm going to give it a seven. 
Oh, um, okay. you just jumped above both of us. Cameron's, um, Amanda's storyline, that's the character's name. I'm going to give that a two. So yeah. the overall rating falls somewhere in the middle, I assume. Yeah. So I'd, I'd say maths that. can do the mean. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> not a woman in STEM, so don't do that. Okay. Love Actually. Let's dive in. We gotta strap ourselves in for this one, babes, because there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> We're gonna, let's up, try and condense up. it. But well, I mean, if you want a more in-depth idea of my uh opinions on this movie, then you can read my article about uh all the men, even the child that I've <laughs> I've ranked. <laughs> Daisy did in fact add the kid to her rankings. Ninth. That's nice. So Why make sure you guys go put in that. Like, I'm like, yes, I'm gonna put him with this like weird incel Colin, or like, oh yeah, no, he's as good as like no, no like, he's a child. Ninth was the the safest place legally, probably for you to put him. Oh, and I wasn't even looking. At, I was just like, he's annoying. Girl, he's obviously going through something. Like the girl he likes is his dead. He's got his dead mom's name. Like there's some yeah. something. There's some trauma happening being created like that something's man, that, happening you know that child is gonna grow up with some weird oh screen. the the oedipus is gonna jump out yeah. Freud is, Freud is like, bro spinning. therapy, therapy. In, his, in his grave yeah. why is this child not in therapy its mother has just died yeah <laughs> and he's over it he's like oh no i'm not sad no, about that it, did you yeah. think i was sad about that no i'm in love <laughs> he just he, he was, doesn't like mention it ever well, you know what? It's so funny because we were like, oh, well, we won't, you know, say anything about the kid. Immediately, just start Immediately, dragging yeah, the anyway. kid. <laughs> Not the if children. anyone wants my thoughts about children, just watch, watch, listen to the child-free episode and you'll see just how much I am pro-child and <laughs> I'm an ally to children everywhere and I never, um, ever think, oh my God, why do I have to be near children? <laughs> Okay, we'll move on from the child because I feel like that's gonna right. Let's move on. Here's a question. Yeah, go on. So we know Daisy's ranking of like worst and best, and I'm not gonna leak that because check out the article, guys. It's yeah, yeah, great. You guys, it's so funny. Um, it's it's one of the best articles I've read in a long time, and hopefully, <laughs> stop it. Honestly, I was like. I'm like, damn, all my articles have just been fucking ruined by this one. It's so silly and not like... But that's why it's so good. I love how you embrace the silliness when you write. Yeah, no, I, I'm a little silly goose. Ellie, best man, worst man in the film. <clears throat> okay. Obviously, the president is, is the worst. Like, we just objectively... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't say the and word I was going to say because my mum listens well, so to this. You- you don't have to talk about him. Yeah, but I think, so putting him aside, Colin, obviously, oh, Colin Frissel, mm. bad. He can get in the bin. It is fight on sight. If I met that man, I'd be like, you need to shut up. <laughs> no. Get off Reddit and you need to get get real job. Colin as well, he's just a bit like, now watching it and seeing the way he, it doesn't matter which women, woman it is. It just has yeah, to be Yeah, he just wants to get it somewhere warm and wet. Yeah, it's like, like it's literally, it doesn't matter who it is. Like, you know, when he's like giving out um, snacks at the office. Oh, yeah. And he offers like, his lovely nuts. He, he like, Do you want some lovely nuts? A beautiful muffin for a beautiful woman. Like, it's mm. literally, he's trying it with everyone just to see who takes the bait. It's like not even one person. I the know. way I, I mean, literally we're, we're call such to, a like, problem with HR. 
I know. And we're supposed to feel like, really, I feel like we're supposed to feel bad for him. And I'm like, oh no, poor Colin. He's so terribly oppressed that no woman wants his fucking ginger ween. Like, please. <laughs> we're not, we're not ginger ween. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the issue with him as well is like, like I did say in the article, um, the, the, actor himself gave back his paycheck from yeah, Love Actually so because, because he because he thought being undressed by three beautiful women was payment enough, which is so Colin. That's just like they couldn't they couldn't have hired a better person for that role. I don't know if you if you guys watched um My Family, like because he was the like older brother in that no, show. It was a British show. Um just I guess it was kind of like I don't know. It was it was kind of like uh, outnumbered ish, but oh, more yeah. like adult. Like it was it was more I like I never watched it. I didn't. Even he know. played the big brother in that, and he's exactly his character. Like I don't, I don't nice. see that much acting going on with him. No, no, I think that yeah, fully. I think that's him, which is pretty gross. Ew. Yeah. Also, he probably says he has a big knob, and I can tell you that any man, as a former sex worker, I can tell you any man that says they have a big knob does not. Literally. Your fucking cocktail sausage does not need to be anywhere near. And also, you know this is a fucking film, because I'm sorry, but those three women would not be like, oh, he's got a British accent, therefore everything else is, like, moot. All of the women in this film are hugely objectified. But um, you know what as well, though? Before we dive like, in... Even worse with the American. My best friend is American. I feel like I have to defend them. They yeah. aren't that bad. <laughs> no, no. in the world is that bad <laughs> and the women aren't a, that dumb <laughs> a creep is still a creep no matter what the accent it has comes with exactly. like mm-hmm. that's the real tea let me have another sip of port fucking hell <laughs> i want to talk outrageous. about how there is not a single woman of power in the film Period. whether it's like workplace or in the relationship they're either all like receptionist housekeeper assistants got, like assistants or you know emma thompson's been tutored they, on. like there's yeah. there's no like she's women of power mom i think they don't she doesn't have a job it seems to be mom Which no i mean also, in her relationship yeah like, there's no power like there's not a single woman that has any power in the whole film like they are all there to like appease and like, actually the men. you know what is kind of mad the what? woman with the most sort of power or agency is probably Mia, the woman that like goes after Alan Rickman. And she's the only person in the film really that kind of makes an act, only woman I should say, kind of makes an active role in the storylines in the sense of being like the initiator and she's portrayed as like a temptress. She's literally for no reason dressed as the devil at the staff party. Whereas yeah. no one else is dressed up. I was like, why? Is oh she- yeah, like oh, she's yeah. a problematic so character. True. Yeah, I'm like, why would you why dress she- as the? Why would you dress as the main nemesis the of Jesus party. on his birthday? Like, <laughs> come on, man. You realize? I realized in the in in the movie that Andrew Lincoln, the guy who's uh, lusting after Akira Knightley, mm. is actually meant to be her like date to the party. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. I have a fun fact, actually, as well, about Love Actually. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> actually, actually. Actually. Um, <laughs> um, in the original trailer, there's, like, a fat joke that we never see in the really? film. Oh. And there's not enough context to know if if it is what we think it is or not but like go watch it because it's so weird but you know when he's standing there with his with his signs at the door like to me you're perfect blah 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 mm. um mm. one of them says fatso to kira knightley 
to miss to miss miss stick. size two Kira Knightley. Yeah. <laughs> like it says fatso. And I'm like, maybe there's context around it where he's calling himself one or but it just says like fatso on the sign and she's like yeah. but that doesn't happen in the film so I'm, I'm really curious as to what that's, that was about that, that's that that's funny because then they must have been aware of all the fat jokes then in the movie right like, on that we'll though just take out the fatso one then like that's i'm just gonna to say he's a big gal and i'm sorry but natalie oh. is not She's not fat. She's not big. She's like a size 12, probably at the most, maybe a 14. It's like, she's just a normal sized woman. And I'm sorry, but like 12. 2003 was, yeah, 12, 14, we're pushing it. Like, she just curves. Yeah. She, she just has titties. Like, let's yeah. be honest. She's got a great body. Like, like in, in that scene where she turns to the side, I'm like, I can never, my body describe <laughs> you. I'm like, that's my dream body. Where's she gone? Like- <laughs> what is kind of crazy for me, um, I'm not going to spoil who Daisy put in number one, but the prime minister is probably my number one guy in the film. Like, that's the storyline I always enjoy the most. And I'm always mm. like, I'm like, oh my god, like not me, like like listen after like the man in power, like I would be Natalie right <laughs> I now. I forgot who I put number one. Oh wait, no, I do remember. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, I... you had a point. I agreed with you how you justified it. And I'm gonna keep it, let's keep it as a spoiler so that everyone has to go I read the article. With, with the Prime Minister as well, I think it's so I've said this to you guys before, but the idea of like um modern rom-coms are just not as good because they're too self-aware of the fact that they're rom-coms yeah they don't lean into the cringe they don't lean into the sort Mm. of like the the like how inherently sort of cheesy rom-coms are Mm. Um, but what I loved about that is when he he meets Natalie and then he goes into his office and he closes the door and he goes this is going to be a problem and I love that he just says what he's thinking like that's just so they're like not letting anything go they're not like they're making it very obvious. Yeah, not letting like, anything go unnoticed. If someone's in someone, it's very clear that someone's in someone in this movie. Like there is no nuance. <laughs> exactly. I'm still. I'm sorry. I'm still so fixated on how fucked up and disturbing though the like body image portrayal is in this movie because this is not okay. One potentially a, a fat joke to Kira Knightley. What in the world? We don't know. Unconfirmed. Then you've got Natalie being called fat, chubby, plumpy enormous thighs like plus several more it just like, continues it just continues like it's absolutely like the, i'm sorry the writers owe that woman an apology but oh, also really it's, it kind of seeps into other parts right like you know um the writers also owe uh aurelia's sister an apology because yes. yes. her, her dad's trying to like sell her for like for like some sort of like cheap price like take her take her because i mean it's implied that she's unattractive probably because of her weight because clearly the film has a very you know it's very fixated well, they on all it. did at that time because i was thinking yeah, about this when true. i read your notes ellie like bridget jones came out around the same time i love oh, bridget jones diary yeah. one and but two still, but like Richard curtis is that the same it's the same same guy yeah but like I think the 2000s in general just thought that if you literally had a milligram of fat on your body, which we need to to like, you know, survive the winter, mm. um, like 
then you were like disgusting and appalling. And you know, we talked about it a little bit on the TLC shows episode that we did a few weeks ago. You know, body image. I mean, it's still fucked up today, but back then it was. I brutal. mean, the early two thousands, late nineties were the era of like magazines circling cellulite on celebrities' thighs mm. and like calling. Yeah, them. like it was, it was a toxic good. time. This film may be the most problematic out of the three films. Um, yeah, I agree. Mostly because, like, the by the end of the film, each man has like collected a woman, <laughs> like they've won a prize. Level up, like, <laughs> level up. Like, literally, no single man is like safe in this film. Even Hugh Grant, like, even he has his moments. Also, with him as well, it's like um, he, he clearly was a bit of a player in his time because. Emma Thompson goes, oh, 20 years ago, you would have been just as type. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, even like even the small the characters who don't have that much of like that many lines, even they say something problematic about women, like Peter, you know, the the husband. Um yeah. when they're when he's the one at- ethnic character in the whole film. Two. There's two, technically. Two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking boundaries. Hey! There's Tony as well. Yeah, Tony's yeah. Friend. Oh, but, that's um, true. Apologies, um, Tony. And the DJ, if you want to count him. <laughs> oh, suppose Aurelia's Portuguese. <laughs> um, yeah, but they literally yeah. just went, there's two black people in all of London. Like, that is not <laughs> how London looks, I'll be honest with you. Honestly. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he says um, something about, like, how they had Brazilian prostitutes the night before, but while he's waiting for Kira Knightley at the It'd be better if they weren't men. Men, yeah, exactly. And I'm like, God, is like any of the men in no here, one is like, safe. No one. No is safe one is safe. Like, um, like, what's his face saying? Uh, best shag you've ever had, Britney Spears. Only kidding. She was rubbish. And I'm like, leave Britney alone. Leave thank Britney you, alone. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. I will literally go to my grave saying, leave Britney alone. Same. I think. Like, also with with this, it's like no one is safe. Like clearly. Um. Yeah, clearly, there's even the comment where um, Bill Nye comes back for to his uh manager and says, um, actually, you know, the one I truly love is you, and he goes, oh, ten minutes at Elton John's and you're gay as a maypole. Mm. Like it's yeah. just, it's just things like that where I'm like, it's riddled with it. <laughs> I've just remembered as well. There's this, there's this moment right. Where Alan Rickman and what's her face? The yeah. yeah, they're planning the Christmas party, and he says, "Advise the girls to avoid Kevin if they want their breasts unfondled." So I think you should fire Kevin. <laughs> I don't know who Kevin yeah. is, but I, rather than <laughs> just dishing out the advice, I think Kevin needs to be fired immediately and taken to the police. As someone who's just says, organised a work like, Christmas party. Oh, don't invite him. Um, the way she picked the the, the venue because it's dark corners for doing dark deeds. Dark like, deeds. Have you ever been to a work Christmas party? Everyone is always like, "Oh, they're wild." I'm like, "They really are not." Like, <laughs> no, because you're at work. You're you still are at, at work. work. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, oh, man, no. I think it's there's some bits where you're just like, "This is the so only thing worse is fucking prison." It's very funny just to see, just, just, just like what was the cultural zeitgeist at the time like it's so it's quite funny. i have to say it's me is a very interesting character like i touched on it a little bit before but you know she's portrayed in such i think nobody watches that film and has any kind of sympathy for the fact that she is 
you know, obviously what she's doing is wrong. She's going after someone who's in a relationship, who's a married man. Um, but she's portrayed in such a monolithic way of like, I feel like she kind of portrays like, oh, there are women that go after married men who are the bad women and women who don't, who are the good women. There's the there's wives and there's mistresses. It kind of continues that dichotomy. It's the Madonna whore complex, isn't it? I, exactly they that. Exactly like, that. They dress her as the devil. They're like, ah, this woman's yeah. the devil. And it's like, it's tempting him. It's all about the devil and the angel, and he's being and, tempted. And I'm like, no, he's playing as an and he's playing a more active role, really. Because he course. didn't have to buy yeah. her anything. He was and, the one who actually physically enabled yeah. her buying her the gift. He didn't have to do that. And like, there is no sort of shut down. Kind of going back to what we talked about with Zoe Deschanel's character in Elf, we never get a motivation behind it. Like, you know, is she doing this because in the 2000s, maybe that was a way to advance your career? Is, you know, because I mean, I wouldn't be honestly talking openly in certain parts of my life, I wouldn't have been above sleeping my way to get further ahead. You know, maybe that's part of the reason mm. we 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 get no motivation. She's literally there to be a demon, like literally. My only, that's her my, only positioning in the film. My only like annoyance with her is what I said earlier, like the the way she flirts, like pointing at her vagina and like licking her. Oh, face. it's so like, like like yeah, it's so clearly written by a man because like no woman would, even if she was trying to like you know pursue him no woman would flirt like that it's it's it feels it's kind like, of porno coded a little bit you yeah know I mean? and it just shows like well, you know a lot when of men write women very porn coded like yeah it's true the the, the uh billy mac music video with all the half naked yeah. women playing the guitar and then you've got um the threesome or the foursome or whatever with that's Colin. true it's, it's a like, very horny movie it's it's mm. there's but that is the same with so many 2000s movies like mm-hmm. super bad or stuff you know it's just like oh it was the birth actually of the boner movie that that which is technically uh a subcategory of rom-coms which i wholeheartedly reject but yeah, that's no. like american pie and stuff like that Obviously, you look through at it through a lens of yeah. I mean, it's Christmas anywhere, and you know, and it, it is very quotable in the same way that I I quote a lot of I quote love actually all the time, and I also also going back I quote the holiday all the time as well, like the bit. Oh where yeah, also think plays and when, when one of the kids goes, I really like it. I say that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so this is clearly something that's imprinted itself in my brain that I can never I can look at these things objectively and go oh these are really problematic but then when if someone says oh you know like what's your favorite Christmas movie I'm like the, the holiday and I'm actually so it's still not going to change my opinions no I mean I, mean, I think we, a lot of you know all of these films they have some sort of sentimental value with all of us because we grew up with them without mm. you know well, before it's the same with, we were yeah, like that movie that you watched for your parents yeah, before we were, we were all like, oh, fuck the patriarchy. And we, we grew, uh, you know, aware enough to notice these things, which is why I think doing this like sort of feminist analysis of these films is so interesting and kind of painful at parts because you're like, wow, man, like this is one of my favorite films and I didn't see this. And, and yeah, I hate is, I'm still going to enjoy like them. This. The only yeah, thing like... to think about going back, sorry, going back to the porn thing as well, it's the probably the most realistic couple in that movie is the couple who do porn. You know, it's not they, porn. It's um, it's the they're like body, body doubles, doubles films, yeah. body doubles for, for, but yeah, it's like it. You know, they've really seen each other naked, but they're still like really shy around each other. And he like asks for, for a drink, and he's like really excited about. It's very that. consensual, the whole it's thing, which is really refreshing. Yeah. It's actually, I'd say, probably the most like 
realistic unproblematic obviously not spoiling anything from my ranking but like I think it's the most realistic and unproblematic um storyline because it just seems to be like they both are just really excited to like meet each other Mm. and that sort of thing and I'm like it's funny that it's that that it's like they're trying to humanize porn I say in uh air quotes but then actually the the actual sex scenes are all really porny Mm. I want to before we like play our little game and finish off, I want to talk about two two more things. One is Jamie's plot because we've not really touched upon that, and then yes. obviously Emma Thompson. But Uncle Jamie, with... Uncle Jamie, all right, Uncle Jamie. <laughs> Ellie, I want you to read out what you said in your notes about Jamie because I think you summed it up perfectly, and it made me laugh. Okay, I said, in a make believe world without the threat of patriarchy, Jamie is my favorite. Like. I think it's so romantic. He learns Portuguese, like, oh, God, it's just so romantic. They're, like, fumbling and saying the same thing. And also, Ellie is Portuguese, so, like... (laughs) Yeah, so I have, like, a little... And they're fumbling and they're saying the same thing to each other, but they don't have, you know, they don't understand each other. So it's, it's very romantic. I love the whole thing. But in reality... He proposes to a woman he's never spoken to, a woman who was basically given to him for free. Mm-hmm. Um, I you a lady. To, yeah, like this old French woman shows up at, his, at Chateau de Firth and is like, here, I found you a lady. I'm literally giving you this lady. Yeah. And then he's like, woo, free lady. And, and I'm like, what? And then like he proposes and they've literally not had a conversation ever. Like they, they've never <laughs> once spoken to each other. And also I just... When I throw it in, nothing to do with feminism. But why can she only speak Portuguese? Because she does live in France. <laughs> like, surely she would have picked... If she learned English for him, surely she learned a bit of France while she was living there. Uh, she learned a bit of France. Let's <laughs> oh, maybe it's been in a... <laughs> Apparently, the social media has been drinking pot today. <laughs> I'm just you know what, though? Of Obrigado, Ellie. Thank you very much for that. Yeah, maybe it's just like summer work. Huh? Maybe it's just like summer work. But it's the winter. I, she looks miserable. Watch it. Watch her face. She looks like pissed that she's there. She's like, why am I here? Who are you? I'm uncomfortable. Like, she looks upset. <laughs> she's like, I want to go back to Lisbon. I want to eat some pastel de nata. Why am I here? <laughs> just. Oh, they are so good. I, I do love um the, the shade, though, that that lady throws where she's like, she can't speak French, just like you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think. Yeah, no. That's I mean, so bloody frog coated, though, isn't it? Like me, <laughs> me and Ellie. Like, <laughs> I guess I'm gonna stop. Actually, I guess it's um. Think about it. Obviously, we could go. Oh, he's. You know, that like if 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 it was one of us in this situation, and it was like, oh, I've been hired to clean for this man's house. I don't speak his language, and um it's just us we'd be like hey phone the police like that's so or like at least bring someone with you like for backup like it's just a world it, before duolingo it just feels <laughs> it feels very like that would be a very threatening situation to find yourself in luckily you know it, it was consensual but could you imagine if it wasn't yeah yeah because yeah, you know you've no, got the power true. dynamic so it could yeah. have gone wrong very fast it could have gone left actually and... I, I was actually going to put Colin Firth way down on my list but then I got talked into it I got talked back into it by my housemate 
there's so, something very charming about the he's, whole he's situation very, he's very charming but then i think it's it's all this we're looking at him through a um looking at i suppose the question is if you've glasses. built this connection with someone on the basis of the interactions that we <laughs> see which isn't much <laughs> are you really attracted to her or her appearance her, it's obviously the... it's this is obviously her appearance the whole thing there are so many parts of this it's just mm. so clearly written by a dick like it's just like... <laughs> i have to say though speaking to a portuguese woman right now portugal produces very beautiful women oh oh that is so lovely oh. they that also colonize the cheesy. shit out of people so let's not pick them up too much <laughs> you know what <laughs> colonialism is not a laughing matter i'm a very Strong post-colonialist. I'm very passionate about that. Just putting that out there. I'm very, I'm very passionate about. It's absolutely not a laughing matter. That's why I was like, no, don't big them up. <laughs> like, cute I girls. Also, I was bigging up Portuguese women, not Portuguese men. Because let's be real. Who oh, was that's who, true. That you're right. Who was killing so the Brazilian right. indigenous? It wasn't really the women, was it? No, you're so right. You're so. I right. think before we kind of get kind of popped caught up in the history of Portugal, <laughs> um, we should. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe discuss love actually. <laughs> Look, this 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 movie from a feminist perspective is highly problematic. The only saving grace we have for women is Emma Thompson giving the most one of the most wonderful performances I have ever seen in my life. And so even well, writing really me actually crying while watching I know. That. Even writing, <laughs> even typing her quote. But you've made a fool of me. You've made a. F- uh, you've made the life I lead foolish. I was tearing up. I was like, even just typing out the quote, like. But it's just, oh, it's just the way she pulls herself together, and it's like, I know. Oh. It's just, and I think yeah. the sad thing, and I always believe that eventually they get divorced. I, I believe that eventually they leave. She leaves, and I think that because, I think. As someone who, her main sort of role before that point is she's portrayed, she's a mother. Her whole thing is the kids. Mm. And a lot of women stay with men that cheat or do even worse Mm. because they feel a pressure to stay because of the children. But as someone who, you know, is a child of divorce, um, I know that eventually, I know people stay, I know people hold out, but I always think that knowing the emotional intelligence of the character and how she so deeply and painfully articulates how he treats her. God, I'm getting really deep for a second here. Um, I'm interested. I do do think that down the line, she wakes up, smells the shit, and is like, nah, I'm out. I would love to think that. And maybe it's just me telling myself that, but I just, I genuinely believe that she leaves him. I want, I want to believe that so bad. I just, the only doubt I have is that that final scene where she greets him at the airport. Yeah, but it's still frosty but there, and she just. It's that's the thing. But she's because, there. It, because I also want to point out as well: once a cheater, always a cheater. We don't know that he doesn't do it again. Mm. Right, guys. I think it's time that we rate. I agree. So I'm going to give Love actually a two, and actually stick up my two this time. Yeah. Daisy, two out of ten. Emma Thompson's. One. A one, wow! Feminist, because if I give, I think if I give a three to Elf, 
I have to give a one to Love Actually because it's got to go it, below it. It's not put feminism forward at all. No. Well, it's uh, my favorite. Yeah, it's a film. perfect snapshot of two thousand three. Nineties. Yeah, of two thousand three. How how they viewed women in those yeah. in that time and makes me so glad I was born yeah. <laughs> like after that era well, not after, <laughs> I was born during that era but I, I didn't have to yeah yeah I have the brunt of it yeah um well it does pass the uh Bechdel test <laughs> yeah well they're talking about lobsters which is quite relatable <laughs> because thank god for but the also the Bechdel test isn't actually the best no, it's not. It's actually anyway. not. No, no. But I think my final rating is gonna for, from a feminist lens, probably a one point five, and that extra point five is only belongs to Emma Thompson. In fact, all of it belongs to Emma Thompson. The take end. everything, Emma Thompson. Yeah, take take everything. <laughs> Every single one of these. I think the combined amount of people of color in these films I counted was three zero in the holiday two in love actually and one kind of in elf which is the manager so and there are literally there are zero LGBTQ characters zero um there's one disabled character that we know of or differently abled characters that we know of um so representation not great and I do think that these films are obviously the holiday seventeen years old. Um, Elf and Love Actually are twenty years old. Obviously, culture wasn't where it is now, and I do think that part of the reason why we don't have more films of great representation because like there's like single all the way. There's Boxing Day. You know, there's films that have like tried to be more representative. Um, but we don't have a monoculture in the way that we did in the two thousands. So these films they don't make the same splash. The point is, is that there's a very deep like rooted problem here with lack of diversity in in media generally let's be honest but christmas, yeah we're I mean, not actually know, dreaming of a white christmas put it that way gay people didn't exist in 2003 according to richard curtis so <laughs> it's 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 um i mean it's awful really just like as a gay person mm-hmm. like i never saw just outside of Christmas, I never saw once in films, in media, in anything, a love story growing up that looked like one that I wanted to have. Mm. And it did generally make me think like, oh, maybe this just doesn't happen for gay people. Maybe we just don't have happy mm. endings. And there's still a massive problem with gay love story. I mean, like Killing Eve, I wrote an article about that like when the final came out. Mm-hmm. There's still a massive problem with a lot of queer stories they just don't have happy endings. Someone dies, they break up. Someone goes yeah. back to being like in a heteroperformative relationship. It's shit. And you know what? Gay people, people of colour, we like Christmas too. <laughs> well, I just think, yeah. I think in 2024, queer baiting and bury your gays as a trope should be, is out, is out for 2024. Period. Mm. I just want, I just want... <sighs> equality like it's not we're, we're not living in an equal world where like there is so there's just so much white and straight and also class I mean look at that like the holiday like there's yeah. there's just we've got a lot of work to do the fact that we're living in 2024 almost and we struggled to find a film like a big like a classic film uh Christmas film well, we that couldn't had, find one 
well, there was a, a, a handful, but they definitely weren't considered classics. Like well, that's what I had mean. um yeah. you know, see in or you know, queer people in. So mm. I mean, representation should be wielded by the people from those communities. Like that, let's get that straight. Cause I don't want straight people yes. writing queer stories, to be honest. No. Um and I'm sure that people of colour don't want white people to be writing their stories. Just like how um, we don't like men writing, like love actually. You know, exactly. These, these exactly that. But mm-hmm. representation matters. And I think it goes back to as well, we just need more diversity in the studios, the writers, the people that actually make these films. And not just films, TV shows, music, books. We need representation in all spheres of our culture so that people can actually see themselves and realize, oh, actually, Happy Christmas belongs to me too. Um, um and on that note, let's play um unwrap or, re-gift. or regift. A name coined by our by our very own Adam. Um <laughs> yeah. let's speed through this because right. um, before we do, I'm just gonna time. say um we've not mentioned it yet, so Shakira exists. Drink for that. Let's dive in. <laughs> <laughs> I had People to were getting thirsty, girl. Where, where was this an hour ago? <laughs> She covered Santa Baby in 2009. Watch it. It's a great so, cover. My mouth is so dry. <laughs> <laughs> Consider yourselves fed. Okay, so unwrap, smash, regift, pass. Okay, let's go. So, I'm so ready. In Love Actually, John played by Martin Freeman. Regift. Um, unwrap. Ooh. Oh. I am. Um, you know, I'm also going to unwrap. Okay. Maybe his personality, but I'm just not my vibe. Fair enough. Um, Carl, played by Rodrigo Santoro unwrap. from Love Actually. Oh, unwrap. Unwrap. <laughs> unwrap. Don't put the wrapping back on, baby. <laughs> Rufus, played by Rowan Atkinson. You know what? He's Mr. Bean. That's the thing. He's Mr. Yeah. Bean. I'll never, I'll never not get Mr. Bean out of my head. You know what? He loves wrapping presents so much. I'm going to let him remain wrapped. I'm going to re-gift. Um, <laughs> Peter by Titwell Ejiofor, who is Juliet's husband. Um, I think I think he's quite well. Re-gift yeah. because of the Brazilian prostitutes. I'm re-gifting because we know fuck all about him. <laughs> I mean, okay, stranger if, if he just came up to me in a bar and was like, "Hey," and didn't say anything about Brazilian prostitutes, then I'd be like, "Yeah." <laughs> Oh, if we're going oh, for objectification, so then... yeah, sure. yeah. If you know, if I didn't know his personality, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. He's you a good don't know his personality. You don't well, know the man. We know nothing about him. Anyway, the U.S. president <laughs> regift. <laughs> Actually, I'm not regifting. I'm not. Nobody deserves that <laughs> in the bin. Unwrap for the power and the finances, regift for everything else. Hey, <laughs> get that bag, girl. Get that bag. Um, Colin, regift. Um, regift, 100%. Regift, put in the bin, set it on fire, throw it down. The um, <laughs> Mark by Andrew Lincoln. Regift. Regift. Regift, but also I had a crush him as a child, so maybe unwrap for that. Um, <laughs> Just tear off the edge. Just tear uh, off the edge. Have a little peek. <laughs> <laughs> Shake it. Um, Joe, played by Gregor Fisher, who is Bill Nye, Billy Mac's manager. I'm going to oh, regift. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to regift. Yeah. Respectfully. Actually, on that, um, <laughs> Billy Mac, 
Regift. And regifting as well. If he's doing Christmas songs like that, his net worth ain't that much. Um <laughs> Harry by Alan Rickman. I'm also gonna say regift. I'm gonna re-gift. burn through these. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously regift. He's bad. He's putting he's making the bad good name of Harry sound bad. Um Daniel played by Liam Neeson. Uh, re-gift. Unwrap controversy. I am also gonna unwrap because I love the Irish. Oh man, I love an Irish man. Um, st- I didn't realize how high my standards were. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie played by Colin Firth. Unwrap. Oh, yeah, unwrap. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> He's not really my type, so I'm gonna re-gift. Fair enough, fair enough. Um and finally from Love Actually, David, the Prime Minister, played by Hugh Grant. I'm unwrapping him well and truly. Unwrap. Yeah, unwrap. Mm-hmm. Okay, so going away from Love Actually, Ebony Scrooge. Free <laughs> ah! <laughs> gift. I can fix him. Free <laughs> 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 gift. As somebody who's truly a gold digger, I might unwrap for the finances again, but realistically, I'm re gifting. I support that. Um, Buddy the Elf. Oh, re gift. <laughs> Regift, well and truly. <laughs> yeah. Jude Law on the holiday. Regift. Regift. Unwrap. It wouldn't be worse. I can, I can, I can change him. I can fix him. No if he if he approached me, I'd be like, wow. And then he'd start talking and then I'd be like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> what I don't think you guys realise is I'm just that desirable that he would want to go down on me anyway. <laughs> yeah. Just change everything about himself. Well, let me know if you do fix him and then maybe <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll load it out. Yeah. Um Jack Black in the holiday. Unwrap. 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 Yeah, go on. I'll unwrap. Why not? My husband. What, unwrap. What are Hobbs in the Dad and Elf? Oh, Regift. Oh, Regift. Regift. Yeah. Um Jack Skellington. Oh, unwrap. Unwrap. Yeah, see. Yeah, Thank no, you. fully. No, fully. Definitely. <laughs> But is he not human? Well, he's just you know we have our differences, but make it work. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm willing to go out with someone who has different experience to me, Daisy, and that's just like if that's not for everyone. It's just that we passed on Jude Law, but yes, Jack Skellington. (laughs) Jack Skellington. Well, I didn't pass on Jude Law for a start. I am so confused by Ellie's preferences. Um, all I'm saying is Jack Skellington has never once explicitly said he's against foreplay. So and that's the only reason I'm saying no. No, Shido. you know what? Okay, unwrap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, the bar is low. <laughs> the bar is low. <laughs> you imagine just in that movie, just suddenly started talking about that. That'd be so gross. This movie. What's this? What's this? I'm meeting out a puss. <laughs> I just ruined everyone's childhood. <laughs> I need to be put down. Um, you can have a Christmas. Down, <laughs> I finished. I finished the fucking bottle. At least one of her chair. <laughs> you know, they say it's the time to be married. Her background is blurred as well, so we can just see like. Just an empty oh my wig. God. <laughs> 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 oh my God. Okay. Oh. Okay, now. 
<laughs> is that it? Is the list done? No, we've still oh. got more. <laughs> Father Christmas. Regift. Um, yeah, oh. I'd regift him. Given that I'm financially driven, I mean, <laughs> he owns his own business. No, I know, but are the elves his children or his workers? No, it's slave labor, babes. Okay. Actually, on that regard. <laughs> In that regard, I'm going to regift because I am okay. a You're not pro slavery, then. Okay. <laughs> Controversially, I'm coming out against slavery. Um, <laughs> Ghosts of Christmas. Um, so, Ghosts of Christmas Past. I'm regifting already. Yeah, I'm regifting. Oh, Gift regift. Of, yeah, Ghosts of Christmas. Oh, did I even say what I was going to do for Father Christmas? Anyway, I'm I'm undecided about that one. Get back to me in it. Um, Ghosts of Christmas Present. Regift. I'm yeah, because he's basically Father Christmas. Yeah. yeah. And Ghost of Christmas yet to come. Regift. Regift. He's scary. I'm gonna unwrap because it's like he's kind of <laughs> <laughs> he's like kind of mysterious. Like how could like <laughs> like there goes the <laughs> there goes that taste again. I'm gonna unwrap because it's kind of mysterious. <laughs> the Ghost of Christmas present. <laughs> you know what? I have trauma, and I'm gonna navigate it with him. Um, okay, fair enough. Tom from Last Christmas, who's played by Henry Golding, who is um, oh. Nick in Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, I'm unwrap- unwrapping. Unwrap, unwrap 100%. Yeah. He's in my top five, like, slap crushes. <laughs> yeah, I see why. Yeah, what a snack. Okay. Yeah, he's an absolute snack. I want to, like, just nibble him up like a mince pie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have The Grinch. I'm re gifting him. I have I to re gift as working. well. Yeah, I'm gonna. Re- <laughs> Babes, he has hairy fingers. Yeah, re <laughs> re gift. Okay, and the final one is inspired by Daisy's article, Mister Generic Hallmark Small Town. Just unwrap, <laughs> unwrap. I'm re gifting. He's way too vanilla for me. I'm Let sorry, me but Mister Mrs- Fantasy, and then I'll be done. But girl, Mister Hallmark Small Town is never gonna get like. He's not going to get my humour. He's never going to get a real It's okay, job. we're just unwrapping for a little bit, and then I'll leave. You can put the wrapping paper back on. Yeah, and then... I need to at least I'll... live that fantasy out for myself. Okay, you know what, Shaw? I'll unwrap as well. I'll go just along with the trend. <laughs> Why not? I've already said that I'm going to unwrap Jack Skellington, Father Christmas, and the Ghost of Christmas <laughs> yet to come, so like... <laughs> yeah, my taste think... the question <laughs> I think we've all kind of learned you're that so I'm confident just... you're like Jack Skeleton yes smash yeah <laughs> definitely yes <laughs> absolutely like I'm sorry but I will die on that hill I'm gonna find a thirst trap and send it to you <laughs> can you send it to me too yeah sure <laughs> I'll, I'll just put that in my favourites for you um, okay so that was unwrap or regift let us know um, reach out to us on Instagram maybe and let us know if you agreed um, <laughs> or didn't if you if you agreed with me, I just want to ask you a few questions. First of all, um, have you considered therapy? <laughs> and second of all, what person dresses a skeleton touched you? Oh. And why did you like what? it? <laughs> that got specific. That actually hasn't happened. It's just because I said yes to both the skeletal figures. If you've been affected by anything you've heard on today's episode, <laughs> you do really like death. <laughs> That is true, actually. I am a death-positive girly, but maybe yeah. just a bit too much. 
Anyway, Ellie, do you want to take us home? Do you want to take me to therapy? Yeah, please. <laughs> I will. Take us home straight for after this. We're signing up to Bear Help, who also happens to be our spot. No, I'm joking. I wish. <laughs> what, a, what a segue. <laughs> Come on, be Chris Rea and drive us home for Christmas. <laughs> oh gosh, I can't take on buns. <laughs> you know what? I should drink on these more. <laughs> no, next time I'm getting drunk with you. Um, <laughs> so I think we just figured out how to make these magic. It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, before we just never end, follow us on Instagram at the New Feminist Magazine and all our other socials are at TNF Magazine and our website is obviously thenewfeminist.co.uk. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Love you all. Thanks for listening. Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad. <laughs>